Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Wisdom Speaks Podcast. I am your teacher, Sister Minister Renetta Haynes, and in today's episode, we are going to jump into the book of Acts, chapters 6 and 7, and we're going to glean some lessons from the life of Stephen that are truly relevant to this time that we are in. Um, The title of this teaching is Standing Ovation. We start in chapter 6. And in chapter 6, verse 1, it reads, In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. The first thing that jumps out in this very first verse is there's an issue of equity that needs to be addressed. Certain groups are not getting their needs met. Verse 2 reads, So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. So the funny thing is that Jesus had them waiting on tables when the 5,000 needed to be fed, but, but now they don't have time for that. Verse 3. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom we will turn this responsibility over to them. Now, to their benefit, the 12 addressed the problem with the seven chosen men. Their qualifications were that these men needed to be full of the Spirit, and they also needed to be full of wisdom. And in verse 12 says that, and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. So they're saying that they're going to give the responsibility of making sure that the daily distribution of food is taken care of with the seven men who are full of the spirit and full of wisdom, and they will give their attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. And that is very important. Um, Verse 5. Well, let me go back to verse 4 first. So the the 12 delegated their responsibility in order to elevate the gospel. They knew that they could not do everything. And my point earlier is that 
Jesus had them feeding the people, making sure that the food was distributed. And he prayed and made sure that the resources were there, that the food was there, that he, he could not go around and hand out the food. And so they are literally following his model and finding others to distribute um, the food to the people so that they may elevate the gospel and in elevating the gospel through the ministry of the word and prayer. And so this proposal, verse five, this proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Cortinas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. So I do want to give a shout out here to Philip. Philip was the evangelist who preached and performed miracles in Samaria. He met and baptized the Ethiopian on the road from Jerusalem to Gaza. Um, and in one place it says that um, that this was traditionally the marking of the start of the Ethiopian church. So these seven men um, who were chosen had an impact um, also in really the ministry of the word as well as prayer and evangelizing and spreading the gospel. Um, so you don't necessarily have to be one of the 12 or in the high position for God to use your life to make a huge impact. And we're going to really see Stephen um, and his service and his depth of knowledge of the word was so powerful. Um, I honestly believe that is what contributed to, when I say that he was a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, he was a man full of the word. He knew the word. Let's continue. I also want to know um, from verse 5, um, it says that um, in my notes um, and in my study that seven men, all seven men had Greek names. And this means that the Hebrews appointed Greeks to care for the Greek and the Hebrew widows because they took care um, of the distribution of food. And as we look at ministry today, I think it's also important to highlight that diversity is a way to build equity. The, the wisdom of the 12 to allow the seven who were coming from, from the minority group in this case were trustworthy. That's why they had to be men who were full of the spirit and wisdom. They were trustworthy 
um, they had integrity to not only make sure that the widows from their group were taken care of, but that all the widows, all those who have a need, were taken care of. So I'm going to stamp that again. The diversity is a way to build equity um, in ministry and making sure that all needs are being met. Because someone who's had their needs neglected have a greater sympathy um, for people who have needs, regardless of their background. Verse 6. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. And so they prayed and they anointed them to go forth and to fulfill the assignment that was placed before them. Verse 7. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now, this is a very powerful verse. One, we see that they're taking care of the need. They're using wisdom. There's increase in the disciples in Jerusalem. But there's also a correction even for the leaders. This is a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. These were already, quote unquote, men of God, but the word was going forth in such a powerful way that it was bringing conviction even for the priest. And it's one thing for a priest to do the duties of ministry, but it's another thing for someone to be obedient to the faith. And so that's just a powerful um, just revelation that um, comes out in this word. Moving on to verse 8. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. So Stephen did more than just make sure that widows have food. It says he did great wonders and miraculous signs. You know, I just want to highlight again some of the characteristics that we see um, from Stephen, that he was full of faith, that he was full of the Holy Spirit, that he was full of God's grace, and that he was full of God's power. He did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. If something happens among a group, it happens within the whole group. And, and, and it happens between the members of that group. So these miraculous signs and these wonders are impacting a larger group. This is contributing to the growth, the increase in the number of disciples. This is contributing even to the conviction of, of the priests wanting to be obedient. There is such power. Um, Verse 9, opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Serene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of 
Cecilia and Asia, these men began to argue with Stephen. And in my notes um, from my Quest Study Bible, I asked the question, why pick on Stephen? And then in the notes, it says that freedmen uh, were likely a congregation of former slaves. And now that they were free, they, they felt strongly about the traditional um, Judaism and the practices, and they felt that those traditions were, were under attack by Stephen. Um, being enslaved, they were not able to practice those things, and so they valued them. Um, and they just did not like what Stephen was preaching, so they, they essentially distorted his words to sound like a direct attack against the law of God. Let's continue on to verse 10. But they cannot stand up against his wisdom or the spirit by which he spoke. So here they are trying to defend, you know, the tradition of Judaism, but they could not stand against the wisdom. Stephen knew the word and he was full of the spirit. And it was by the spirit that he spoke, and they could not stand against that. So, verse 11 tells us that they secretly persuaded some man to say, We have heard Stephen speak words of blasphemy against Moses and against God. When haters, when the haters couldn't win the argument, they got people to lie on Stephen. So they just felt like if you can't beat him, cheat him. You know, verse 12 says, Then they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. And now the Sanhedrin was the ancient Jewish court system. It was the final authority on Jewish law. And any scholar who went against its decisions were put to death. There needed to be at least two witnesses to convict the suspect. This is why they're trying to get people um, to lie on stuff. They have to get two people to agree to lie on Stephen. They need to get their witnesses together. And there were local Sanhedrin and there were there was also the Great Sanhedrin, which was kind of like the Supreme Court of Religious Matters. And so they were bringing Stephen um, really to the Great Supreme Court, um, the Great Sanhedrin. Okay, and so verse 13, they produced false witnesses to testify this fellow never stops speaking against this holy place and against the laws. Verse 14, for we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us. So I'm again going to note that the accusers are taking Stephen's words out of context, truly out of context. And Verse 15 says, 
all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw his face was like the face of an angel. So here these people are lying on Stephen, and the people in the Sanhedrin are studying him with intent, and they see his face is like the face of an angel. So the Spirit of God was present on Stephen. His words were taken out of context, but his character was shining through beyond the accusations. So a couple of things I just want to stop here and and highlight is one just Stephen was not one of the twelve. He was not one of the apostles. He was one of seven men chosen of the people, but had character, who was full of the spirit and wisdom. So you should never underestimate, you know, whatever God's assignment is for you. It's not about trying to be, Stephen wasn't trying to be the 13th or the 14th. He was was able to accept the assignment that was placed before him. He was chosen to serve the widows, so the 12 didn't have to neglect prayer and the ministry of the word. But even in his service and him being a humble and being willing to serve the widows, he was able to perform miraculous signs and wonders. Well, that was because Stephen was full of the word himself. This was the source of his wisdom and was evidenced by the Spirit of God. Even in the face of unjust persecution, his first appeared as an angel. That is the power of having a personal relationship with the Word of God. Chapter 7 reveals the depth of Stephen's knowledge and the the understanding of his faith. He understood what he believed. He wasn't just joining a membership. He truly, truly understood what he believed. He understood his faith. He began a dissertation before the high priest and the assembly of the witness that covered the history of their faith from Abraham to the cross of Christ. Verse 7, I mean, chapter 7, verse 1 and 2 says, Then the high priest said, Are these things so? Speaking of the accusations against Stephen. And he, Stephen, said, Brothers and fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. So immediately upon them asking Stephen, are these accusations true? Stephen jumps into one, making a connection with them, being brothers and fathers. He's asking for their attention because he is about to break down the word 
of God on a really personal and very deep level. He went all the way back to Abraham in Mesopotamia. As God is getting ready to send him out. And he goes through this history through the many verses of chapter 7. And I aspire to, to do a teaching, a series of teaching from the lessons of Stephen, which will be coming soon. Um, before our time in this um, episode, I'm going to move on. And I'm going to jump down to chapter 7, verse 54. When they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. When they heard what? When they heard him speak of how they and their fathers did not adhere to the words of the prophet and even crucified Jesus. They just, they heard the word, but they didn't do the word. And that conviction, they didn't like it. it. They gnashed their teeth at him and they were furious. Okay. Um, so in the end, it wasn't even about Stephen preaching against the holy place or even against the law. It was that he acknowledged that they received the law that was put into the effect through the angels, but had not obeyed it. They were angry that Stephen pointed out their disobedience. That was their real problem. That's why they got witnesses against him. Verse 55, chapter 7, verse 55 says, But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. So when Stephen finished speaking, he looked up to heaven for confirmation, not people, because they did not like what he was saying. The word of God cuts and the people were angry about it. Hebrew chapter 4 verse 12 says the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and the spirit, joints and marble. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Well, these people were judged and they did not like it. Acts chapter 7 verse 56 says, Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they, the people, covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices. They all rushed at him. This is a clear illustration of the end times. There will be those looking into an open heaven while others cover their ears to the things of God. They will raise their voices to drown out what God said. They will collectively rush to persecute those who represent Jesus. Verse 58 says that they dragged him, him being Stephen, out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And Saul 
is going to later be converted himself to Paul, the apostle who wrote the majority of the New Testament. Verse 59, and while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And verse 60 says, then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he said this, he fell asleep. I want to highlight again that Stephen was not considered one of the leaders, one of the twelve. He was a servant willing to accept his assignment. But being a servant, he still was full of the word of God. So much so that when he finished his dissertation, even in the face of angry people, he could look up to heaven and see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. This is the only place where we see Jesus standing and not sitting at the right hand of God. God is calling saints to accept their assignment as we stand in this present hour. It's not about getting likes. It's about speaking truth. This is not about our followers. It is about who we are following. Jesus, Stephen followed Jesus' model down to his very last breath. And the Bible says that when he said these words that he fell asleep, we have to make sure that we are ready for Jesus' return. I believe that Jesus stood up at the right hand of God because he was so proud of Stephen understanding what he believed, standing in the face of opposition and, and threat, that he was willing to lose his life, just as Jesus was willing to give his life for our sin. Stephen was willing to give his life for the truth of his of what he believed he stood on his faith he understood it and he was willing to give his life for it and even in giving his life he was submitted to the model that jesus set to forgive those who persecuted him Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Wisdom Speaks Podcast. I really do hope that this episode inspires and motivates believers to really understand God's word for themselves. That's the first thing. Um, to also look to God for approval, um, even in the face of opposition, um, even when, when you're being lied on, to be able to stand on your truth, 
and look to God for approval and not to man that this is really about who you are following not how many followers you can get and that's super important in the time of social media and you know be a people pleaser and a Christ follower and and I think that we really learned that um, in this lesson and I do look forward to the series on lessons from Stephen's sermon um, in the Sanhedrin Um, it's just such a powerful dissertation I pray that the Holy Spirit is the wisdom speaking into your life today. God bless you. Until the next time, this is your teacher, Sister Minister.